This is episode number 51 of the Church Collective Podcast. In this episode, a bunch of the collective contributors got together and talked about how important it is to start worship rehearsals on time. So here we go with the Church Collective Podcast, episode number 51. feel like a lot of times I, I come in with the best intentions and on a Thursday night at six o'clock I want the band to start and I want to be the example for that and I'll come in an hour early and I've got my stuff ready and then and then Ben will show up and he's got a sweet pedal so we're off in the side and we're playing and then some other guys come and we're not in there on time and before you know it it's 6.15 and we haven't even hit a downbeat yet and um, I know I've been convicted of that and I would love to just say that my worship ministry functions as a machine and and we get in there and we start and everybody's like ready to go. And the downbeat is right at that six o'clock time. Um, but I just, I miss the mark uh, occasionally. And um, so, so we're going to talk a little bit about uh, how, how we can help raise that bar. Why is it important to raise that bar? If anyone wants to speak to that. Well, first of all, I don't appreciate being thrown under the bus for bringing the pedals. <laughs> I love those pedals. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I really had to deal with this a lot when I took over um, at the church because it was it was part of our culture to be um, pretty late, and it was accepted part of our culture mm. um, to where people, you know, service would start maybe 10, 15 minutes late. Um, all rehearsals would start 20, 30 minutes late. You know, any kind of fellowships, people would show up to 30, you know, 30 minutes, hour late. Um, so it was, it's, it, and, you know, I go to a multicultural church, um, where pretty much everybody is, um, from a different country and it's, it's just, it's a little bit different in America and, and, you know, coming to, coming into that environment was a little bit shocking for me, um, coming from a professional, um, situation. Um, and so I had to, I had to work with it for a, a while. It took me, you know, years of, um, you know, trying to re reinstill a new culture um, um, first and foremost, I had to make sure I was always on time myself, you know, and, and not like just trying to set up and, you know, and, and I was always ready to go. Um, and then once I got that, I started just, um, doing devotions with my team and, um, about respecting each other, respecting each other's time and, um, kind of relating it to like, as if we were to have, um, you know, a, a nice dinner date or something with somebody and, uh, you wouldn't just, you know, nonchalantly show up late. Um, you would, you would try to, you know, come on time. Um, I don't know if you want me to get into any other practical things that we've done, but that's, um, the, just the, the spiritual aspect of it, you know, respecting, um, your position, respecting, um, the, the, the role that God has given you. Sure. And, um, and taking it seriously, you know, the way you would take a job seriously. Yeah, exactly. Big. Yeah, one of the things that you mentioned earlier was you said it's a little bit different coming from a professional situation. I feel like that's probably one of the best ways to put it is that you should treat it like it's a professional thing, um, even though 
it's it could be hard to see it that way because it's something that you're doing. It's on your your free time. Um, it's you know more often than not for no compensation, uh, and it's kind of a service, and it's after hours most times or you know early in the morning. So it it's easy to let those things slide. But I think professionalism is a is a great word to kind of attach to that responsibility. Yeah, I would say uh, one of the big things too is that you've got to understand the culture of whatever worship team that you're with because there is that fine line, like you guys were saying, there's that fine line between professionalism and family. Um, and I know like for us, um, my worship team is my family very much. And so I think because of that, because of the connection we all have together, um, we all want the same thing accomplished. And it wasn't like that with us a year ago or a year and a half ago. It was more of a volunteer position. But if you dig into your volunteers and you love them, they're most likely they're going to love you back. And uh, when they love you back, they want to give you more. Um, and because of that, they want to see whatever accomplished goal you want to see done. Um, they're going to want that accomplished as well. And so because of that, they're going to dig in deeper and they're going to get connected with you more. And so whatever you ask them to do as far as – um, coming in on time or, you know, making sure you have your rig set up before practice. So you're not in the first 15 minutes of practice setting up your rig or whatnot. All those things are done. Um, and I mean, you, you, you're, you're getting stuff done and accomplished. And so there is that, that fine, that fine line of, you know, being a Nazi as a worship leader, or as a, as a worship director, and then just being their, their dad, their father in some, some sense, um, you know, and there is sometimes where you have to have tough love with your team, but if they know that you actually legitimately love them, um, they're going to understand it and accept it. So I think having that family sense with your professionalism is is a key. At least it is for us mm. at our church. That's good. Yeah, with the practical stuff, like Josh was saying, you know, I I always try and lead by example. I guess um, you know, Josh was just saying if we. Uh, having your stuff set up beforehand. So, you know, if we say 6 p.m. is a start time for rehearsal, it doesn't mean showing up at 6 o'clock to set up to start at 6.30. It means getting there, getting things ready beforehand. So, you know, for me, I always try and, you know, be the first one there, be the be the one who's got my stuff set up. I'm not going to set the other person's stuff up, but basically set that example and, and you know, kind of role model that behavior that you're looking for out of your team. Um, of course, you know, showing grace to maybe those who struggle with being there at time, because I, you know, for me, I'm someone who, when you say be there at 530, I'm there at 525. And and I often struggle with the person who shows up at 531. But if we, you know, showing that grace, but then, like I said, kind of role modeling those behaviors and, and kind of just practical things um, really helps, helps your team. I know it's helped my team. And and showing them how, what I expect. And, you know, we were talking about doing this podcast here and it happened on Sunday morning when we had a time change and, you know, three of my team members showed up an hour early because <laughs> of the time change. And, and you know what, I, I was happy about it because they were the three that are usually late. Nice. And, um, <laughs> Hey, and if they hear this, they'll know, they'll know <laughs> what I'm talking about, but that's okay. Cause it's, yeah. it's, it's a, we laugh about it as a team, but, you know, they, they know, and, and they showed up an hour early and they saw me there an hour early, but I'm always there an hour early. So, um, 
just kind of showing that dedication and, and, and drilling that into your people, I think is, is really huge. Yeah. I think along with, uh, along with the, um, like what Josh was saying, you know, the, the family aspect of it, uh, I, I think along with that shepherding aspect, there has to be an authoritative, um, stand if, if that makes sense. Um, in, in my experience, uh, man, I just, I'm, I see that, um, the more involved I try to be in my team's uh, individual lives, um, the more rapport I have with them, the better they react to um, and deal with and really accept uh, instruction that is, um, I guess that is, is maybe inconveniencing to them. So, I mean, we don't have, at my church, we don't have a uh, midweek rehearsal. It's all uh, you do your own stuff through planning center. You show up on Sunday morning ready to go. And um, that used to be because we were a mobile church. But now that we're in a in a permanent facility, I still kept it that way because we have um, – the guys that are playing with us change sometimes every week. But um, everybody in my pool knows – I guess what I'm trying to say is like I, I've made the effort to get involved with um, our my team members' lives, and so they're they're very accepting of uh, they they just know what to expect if that makes sense. Um, they know what the rules are and what the boundaries are, and and I in my experience, man, like the the more you put the better effort you put forth to. Um, to be involved in their lives, the more they, res- the better they respond to authority, if that makes sense. It's a huge point um, in that, like, well, yeah, we're talking about showing up on time, but um, it, it really speaks to uh, just really our, our leadership and, and our relationship with them. If you, if you show them that we care and ultimately like it's all going to come, it's all going to flow out of like being punctual and coming on time is going to come out of the fact that we actually care for them. And um, if we come at it as like a dictator and just like get mad because they didn't show up on time, um, I don't think we'll have a lot of traction in that way. Um, so maybe we could swing back to, to you, Chris. Could you talk a little bit about how as you came into a culture that was like they even starting services late and as you guys have shifted away from that, what, uh, what value have you seen? What, what growth have you seen uh, out of your team? Uh, I mean, I've seen a, a huge growth over the last like five years, you know. Um, our, our team just in numbers has, I mean, grown from about five people to about 65 members. Um, and it's, it was just creating like, um, it really, the one thing that really opened up, um, just a new level of respect for everything was, was starting to do devotions before every rehearsal, um, and getting everybody in the right mindset. Um, and one thing, like I, I just, I do this same devotion like once a year, but, um, I just did it the other day and, and it's just revolved around Colossians three twenty three. whatever you do, work it all with your heart, work it all, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. Um, and so what I talk about, um, is basically you're not, you're not doing this for your, your worship pastor. You're not doing it for your pastor. You're not doing it for, um, your family that goes to the church, you're doing it for God, um, and, and to treat him as, as your boss versus, you know, treating your worship pastor as your boss. 
Um, and just getting that that concept in their heads that they're not being on time because I'm asking them to be on time. They're being on time because, you know, they're, they're doing ministry for God. Um, it was a huge um, turning point with us. Um, and then on the, the, the practical um, side of things, I just, I asked them, you know, just if, you know, if you're going to be late, um, just text me, you know, don't just show up late. Um, but, you know, once I got that kind of going, like where people mm-hmm. would, would be, would kind of be, have that respect where like, Hey, I'm going to be late. Um, you know, I ran into this problem or into that problem. Um, it's just a lot better than people just nonchalantly showing up late and, and not finding out, you know, you're not knowing, um, if they just don't care or if they, you know, if they just, you know, um, maybe had a serious problem. Um, and so people actually would would try to be on time just so they don't have to text me and don't have to kind of have that um be that inconvenience um starting devotions with my team was a huge thing um because um people we would we would be um set up before the devotion like if a rehearsal started at five o'clock we would set up before that start the devotion at five o'clock and so if you came in late, you would be still on the stage setting up and everybody's in kind of the congregation waiting to start the devotion, waiting for that person. Um, and just out of sheer embarrassment, you know, people people would not want to show up late. Um, and so that that also helped. It was kind of a side effect of doing the devotions, but it, it really made a big difference. But um, just, you know, starting off the rehearsal with a, with some kind of devotion and a prayer time and, and asking for people's prayer concerns um, can make a big difference and it also can prevent um, things happening. Like if somebody's going through a really heavy situation, um, you know, you can have a little bit of grace with them. You know, if, if say, you know, their family member just passed away, you know, and you're, if you didn't know that you might be mad at that person, everybody might be mad at that person. But if, if, if they knew that, then, you know, you can kind of pray for them and, and kind of, you know, work with them and just be there for them. So, um, yeah, I mean, I could go on and on about <laughs> punctuality, but that's good. At the end of the day, it really comes down to what Chris said earlier about, about respect, um, that the people that you, that are on your platform need to respect the position that they're in as servants, not as leaders. Um, they're, they're there to, to give worship to God and not to show how awesome of a guitarist they are. Um, and instilling that as, as the, the person in charge of that platform that needs to be communicated mm-hmm. through expectations that this is what you're doing if you're going to show up late, you're disrespecting this house and you're disrespecting God because your, your, your body language is saying that God's not as, as important to you as whatever you were doing before. Sure. Um, as a leader who as a speaking to a worship leader who is taking over uh, at an existing church or is struggling with people on their team that are less punctual or less respectful than they would like. I would say that when you communicate expectations, just speak to your team honestly about what it means to be a servant leader and what it means to have a servant's heart and to have respect for, for the position and, and respect for the house that you're in. 
communicate to your team that call time is not the same as rehearsal start time. That if your downbeat is at six o'clock in the, in the evening, then guitar should show up however long it's going to take for them to get their rig set up and ready to go. They need to be that early. Drummers, are you going to swap out cymbals and heads and possibly drums? And you need to show up that amount of time earlier to be ready to go at downbeat at six o'clock. Vocalists need to show up prepared, ready to go. You're warmed up. Don't warm. You can't be performing well if you're not warm. Warm up before you even start on your way to rehearsal. Don't warm up in the car. Um, things like that. Tech tech people, however long it takes for you to turn your system on and get things ready to go, get microphones to positions and in-ear packs to positions, you need to be there that early before downbeat happens. Um, I sort of lost my train of thought as to where I wanted to go with this. But it's all about honor and respecting that position, that platform. Sure. And as a leader, you need to communicate that to your volunteers so they understand what's expected of them. So let's... Some, some may, may just not know that that's an expectation, that that's, uh, that that's required of them, whereas some may be doing it deliberately. And as a leader, you should be able to, to discern who among your volunteers is doing that or which, which one of those two categories they fall into. So communicate with that as well, that this is an expectation that is required of you. Because sometimes they just may not know. Yeah, so so let's let's take that to, to another step. Like say, said, I'm sure we've got worship leaders that are listening to this that are um, maybe feeling like a little beat up on, or maybe they're like, well, you know, it's my worship ministry is doing fine. We we come in, we practice. It's casual, you know. We hang out. Like what what could what could we say without like you know trying to like attack or anything like that? But like uh, say it's working for them. What what would you say? Um, I guess any of you guys, if you want to hop in, like, what would you say to the to the guy that's like, yeah, you know, it's cool if we if we roll in a little late, we get we get the job done. Can midweek rehearsals <laughs> get rid of that garbage? Yeah. Um, communicate to your team that if you want to raise the bar, if you want to be better, then you have to trust your team to be better. Hmm. If your rehearsals are going good, it means that you've become complacent. Hmm. You're not working through anything. Um, if you if your team's at a position where they roll in and they perform their there are four songs at rehearsal and you're ready to go. That's awesome. That should be an expectation that you have, but it shouldn't be because they don't care. It should be because you are prepared for it. Yeah. Um, you communicate that rehearsal is when we all come together and rehearse. In practice is what you do at home on your own time. That difference between the two of those is paramount. Everybody's nodding for those of you that are listening. Yeah. <laughs> like that was just real, like, yeah, that was well done. There's yeah. no words. That's huge. <laughs> yeah, I think it just goes back to anything worth doing is worth doing well. Yeah. I mean, you set the vision and the mindset and the goals. And when you get to that, you make a new one that's bigger and harder. And you strive towards that. And I've been talking to some worship leaders that um, have been doing the same thing where they're kind of content with where their music is at. And I've, I've told some key people on our team that I trust pretty well that um, I'll probably never be content where, where our music is at. I'm glad and I, I'm joyful that it's the, the productivity and, and the professionalism and that level of things is good. But as far as me personally being content, um, it just probably won't ever happen because that means I've set my limit and I've reached it 
and I don't want to put a, a limit on our on our team or what they can do. Um, and so, you know, I've been talking to a couple of guys who honestly they've set limits, and I said you've you've got to take that lid off, and you've you've got to find. Uh, what you're good at as far as the music and the worship realm is concerned and, and capitalize on that, do it better and then teach your team and make them do it better. So, I mean, like I said, anything like Fox said too, anything worth doing, especially for Jesus, anything worth doing for him is worth doing better than what we can actually do. I mean, that's what it goes back to. Josh makes a great point about, about setting limits and boundaries. And I, I was listening to an interview one time, um, I forget who it was with, but they said that if you want to raise up giants in volunteers, then you have to raise your roof continuously. And that's huge because if you if you set a limit that this is what you expect and your 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 volunteers reach that, then you've plateaued out and you're not you're not getting any better. Yeah. So what I would do as a leader who who is thinking that they need to raise the bar, I would suggest things like removing music stands from your stage. <laughs> um challenge your players to have their music memorized if they need a chart on the floor that's cool but uh challenge them to to memorize their music and get better at it challenge them to try something new challenge them to better themselves show them show your volunteers that you are committed to their success uh so that they are coming with this renewed sense of being and pride in what they do that that if their leader believes in them, that they can, they can be better. Um, does that make sense? <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, that's good okay. stuff. <laughs> yeah. I think that, that, I mean, you really hit on, on, on that. Like, so if you're listening to this and, and your team's not necessarily punctual, like that's something that, um, you can work on. And, and I think, man, I mean, we need to, we need to do a whole nother podcast episode about like raising the bar, um, and, and not having complacency. I know Chris, uh, Jackson, there you wrote a great post about dealing with complacency on your worship team. So I'll make sure to link, link that in the show notes here, um, which is just a stellar uh, uh, post that, that that deals with that. And I think at, at the end of the day, it really comes down to our hearts as leaders on our teams, um, how how far we go is as far as the team will go. And, and that can even be for you. If you say you're the guitarist on the team and um, you want to take things to the next level, you, you might have a harder time than the worship leader himself, but you can lead by example, by being there and being ready to go. Even if they're late, you can show up and um, just be there and be prepared and um, lead by example in that way. Yeah, I think um, a great thing to do also, if you're trying to change um, a mindset or a culture is get, go to the people that that are looked up to, go to those senior members that have been there longer than anybody, um, or the people that maybe that they're the first chair person in that position, and just talk to them, a couple of people, and just say, hey, I'm really trying to change this, and I can't change it unless you're on board with me. So can you help me like show an example to, to all the rest of these guys? And, and if you get those people that, that are – that are looked up to to start doing things, mm-hmm. then the younger guys um, and the new the new members, they'll just take it as oh that's what we're supposed to do. It's it's just how it is done, you know. Yeah. Yeah, that brings up another great point that if if you are going to try to make changes uh, within the culture of your team as a leader, you can't go halfies on it. You have to really own it and show your team that that you are committed to this. 
and that you're going to stick to it. And if, if that means having hard conversations, it means having hard conversations. And so that they are fully behind you and what you're doing. They can accept the vision uh, for what you have going for your team, but you really have to own it as a leader and sort of champion that thing. And then other people from there will get on board with that. Hmm. Yeah. And express it to, to me, you have to express it to the team. You can't just decide in one day that you're going to, you want everybody to be on time, you know, like you, I think you'd, if, if you're having a problem with it, just announce it. Like, look, we're having a problem with being on time from now on. I'm yeah. going to, we're going to try to this year for the goal for this year is we're going to try to be, have start rehearsal on time, you know, starting this date, um, instead of just kind of secretly like hoping it'll be done and, and, and then getting mad when it doesn't change. Yeah. It's hard to get it's hard to sometimes get to those like those long-term goals because a lot of times, especially if you're a volunteer musician, you're, you're just looking at just getting, getting your stuff ready for that weekend. But man, there's so much more to be gained. If you, if you look down the road and see, man, where do we want to take this thing? Where, how much, how much better do we want to be? That's, that's great. That's, that's encouraging. And, and I'm, I'm going to go practice. Thank you for listening. As always, head over to thechurchcollective.com and connect with us. We want to connect with you, and we want to connect you with others. God bless you today.